Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and we've got a great show lined up for you. This week is the second week of a six-part series in which we will be talking to David Dickert, who is the head of the oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. I also wanted to mention that we are getting ready for our latest Women's Issue edition for Shell Magazine, in which our cover will be Kathy Lane, who is the CEO for Sun Coast Resources. Now, if you are a fan of Shell Magazine, you know that Sun Coast Resources has been with us for many years. And this is an exciting story. And I'm glad that we're finally able to tell Kathy's story. She's an amazing CEO. She runs a dynamic huge company. And so I'm excited to have that issue come out here in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted you to get prepared. If uh, you haven't been following us on Shell Mag, please go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter in which you will receive a free digital copy every single issue. But now it's time for our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, happy to be here. Well, I want to jump in because we have a lot to cover, and you know, we always have a short period of time. Uh, I want to start with, uh, it seems like week after week, we get a lot of inquiries on gas prices. There's always a certain amount of interest on why are gas prices going up or why are they going down? And I think a lot has to do with we're one of the few oil and gas shows that are out there, but especially knowing that we are the most listened to in the Houston market for sure. So that being said, I think we have a lot to say on this topic. And the question uh, that I have for you is, why is it that oil prices seem to be relatively stabilized and they seem to be um, in their 60s, which isn't? really high considering where we've been in the past, but yet gas prices seem to be on the rise. Uh, let's talk a little bit about why this is happening. Well, that ha- it, it happens every year at this time, and there's several seasonal reasons for that. The biggest one being that this is the time of the year when the oil refining business, which manufactures gasoline from crude oil, has to start making what the EPA calls the summer blends. Okay, The EPA as a part of its uh, regulations to control and reduce ozone in the air, ground level ozone, um, has a requirement for these refiners that they make different blends of gasoline depending on what season it is. And so there's winter blends of gasoline and there's only two or three of those nationwide. And and then there are summer blends of gasoline and there's about 25 of those that have to be uh, delivered to specific parts of the country in specific volumes at specific times. They're more expensive to manufacture um, because of the ingredients that have to go into the summer blends of gasoline. The components of it just cost more. Uh, And and the the large number of blends that have to be delivered all over the country on a timely basis also increase the cost of transportation. Well, that all gets rolled into the price of gasoline at the pump and the price of diesel at the pump. So that's one thing. And then 
Um, this is also a part of the year's refineries. Every refinery has to be taken offline twice a year for periodic maintenance for a couple of weeks. And, you know, it tends to happen. A lot of them are in the spring at this point in time. And so that means that the refineries that are, that are active, that are continuing to operate during this period of time, uh, are operating at much higher capacity levels, and that, that means higher costs and higher stress on the refineries and, and even higher transportation costs. So those are two of the things. And then the third thing that has happened is the price of, uh, of crude oil has gone up a little bit here over the last couple of months from, from the low 60s to the high 60s. And so that has also played a role in this price increase. It's gone up, I think the price of regular has gone up about 30 cents a gallon here in the last month. And so, um, but it, this happens every year and it's something we go through every year and people complain about, um, and I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't blame them either, but it isn't big oil saying, I got you because I know you want to go on vacation with your family and this is the time right. to strike. And actually, um, I want to change gears a little bit because actually they are doing something for us here in Texas, especially. Um, we just had a, Texas had a sales tax revenue climb 13% to $2.7 billion in April alone. So if anything, they're actually doing the opposite for us. They're doing something great for us. Explain to me what that is. Well, that's that's all in gas. That's uh, all about the the increased economic activity in the Permian Basin in South Texas, North Texas, and all over the state, really, thanks to the oil and gas industry. We're going through a bit of a boom here, and the boom is focused mainly in Texas because that's where the economics are best. It's it's where the, the highest quality reservoirs are, and so over half the drilling rigs in the country are operating in in Texas. And that increased activity is, is leading to a lot of new purchases by, you know, in the oil field. And you pay sales tax on all of that. A 13% increase year over year in the state sales tax is huge. It's gigantic. And that's just one of the taxes that gets levied on the oil and gas industry. There's also the severance tax that's levied on every barrel of oil and every thousand cubic feet of natural gas that gets produced. That all goes into the state coffers and funds of the rainy day fund that uh, has 11 to $12 billion sitting in it right now. Um, and it's putting the state, you know, in a perpetual budget surplus situation for the last seven, eight years now, which is fantastic. Uh, when you, when you consider that uh, states surrounding us like Louisiana and Oklahoma and Arkansas and New Mexico and Colorado, uh, are fighting these chronic budget deficit situations. We have exactly the opposite situation in Texas. And you know what? It's all thanks to the oil and gas industry, and we ought to we ought to be giving that industry credit instead of you know so many people running around the state trying to attack it. And you know, I feel, David, that I have to explain that on the higher gas prices, I, I don't want to confuse anyone. It is more due to refinery, which is more of the midstream part of of how energy is processed and how we use it and these um you know sales taxes and the taxes that are raised are not necessarily completely it, it's geared on more of the upstream part of it which is going to be more of there's more drilling going on right but let's also talk about you know people need to be reminded too that part of the price of gasoline is a 20 cent a gallon um tax per gallon uh, that goes into the state coffers as well. So the more you drive, the more money it's going to the state of Texas. 
and uh, and to the federal government as well. There's also a federal uh, gasoline tax. So, you know, it's it's um, there's a lot that goes into that price of gasoline. Exactly. And it is quite complicated, but I think at the end of the day, we we certainly benefit as a state. Last and real quick, we have a merger going on between Phillips 66, Endeavor, and Buckeye Partners to create a terminal that would help these very large, big ships, uh, VLCCs, coming into the port of Corpus Christi and being able to process. Tell me a little bit about what is going on there. Yeah, this is a huge deal for the port of Corpus Christi. This is It's going to be a terminal that's actually located uh, at the mouth of Corpus Christi Bay uh, near Ingleside. And they are going to be able to land these biggest class of, of oil tankers that are not able right now to get into the port of Corpus Christi channel proper uh, because it hasn't been dredged and deepened in, in so many years. And we're trying to get you know, the Army Corps of Engineers funding for that project. But while that's Funding is, is being secured. Um, the, these companies are going to build this terminal and have it operating in 2019. Uh, and they're going to be able to land these gigantic tankers. And it's so important because the Port of Corpus Christi already exports half of the crude oil exports going out of this country That's every right. day. That's right. And it's just going to increase, the, be that much more higher capacity. Uh, for for that to continue to grow there in Corpus Christi, and that's a huge economic benefit to the local economy down there. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, one of uh, the Port of Corpus Christi is one of our partners, our community partners, and we sure are happy to see that they were wise enough and smart enough a long time ago to get all their ducks in a row, and oh, yeah. they knew they knew that their time would come, and it's here, right? <laughs> it's here. It is here, and they, they are, are taking shining. full advantage of it. That's for sure. Exactly. You know, and it's so great to see the old leadership and the new leadership because you know, you know, going back, John Larue, their executive director, has been there more than twenty years, and um, now they have a new. CEO Sean Strawbridge, who uh, together they are really, uh, you know, the dynamic duo team here and just uh, Corpus is definitely benefiting from it. So awesome. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this week. Look forward to having you on the show next week in which we will try to catch up with some more oil and gas and possibly politics. I'll look forward to it. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to welcome back David Dickert, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. As we continue on with our second part of a six-part series, stick around and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. The Venezuelan oil minister announced yesterday that the country's oil production could see further decline with up to 200,000 barrels a day drop in their output. This would bring Venezuela's crude production down to 1.2 million barrels a day, or just half of its recent high of 2.4 million barrels a day that it last saw in 2015. In other news, Enterprise announced an expansion of a key pipeline that will carry natural gas liquids from Colorado to Mont Bellevue, adding 90,000 barrels a day of NGL capacity by 2019. WTI prices ended the day up 82 cents at $68.50 a barrel. Natural gas ended the day down 3 cents to $2.73 per BTU. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. 
Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Greco. And David, I'm really excited to have you back on because this week we've been doing these wonderful series to help everyone understand a little bit more about oil and gas and, of course, the, the partnership that Agreco has made in the commitment to the oil and gas sector. And I'm really excited that today we're going to start talking about alternative fuels and how they are playing their part in the oil and gas sector, and so is Agreco. So let's get started with tell me a little bit about alternative fuels, specifically in the way of how is the energy sector utilizing these for their benefit, and then, of course, how does Agreco come in and uh, play into that? Typically, everybody likes to use diesel, and the reason they like to use diesel is because it's fast, it's easy, um, it's readily available, it's proven technology, all those good things, and um, normally, um, whenever a producer needs uh, power for their artificial lift, Nine times out of ten, it's not something that they were foreseeing that they needed. So sometimes it comes up in a bit of an emergency-type situation. So uh, the ease of using a diesel generator and diesel is just the way things operate, and it gets it kind of off of their plate, and, and they move on to, to, to focusing on the, the production of oil. What we've tried to do um, and to support the industry with getting more efficient and more environmental is developing systems that we can utilize alternative fuels because that's where the impact to the environment is a positive, more positive, and that's where the efficiency is more of a positive. So we focus on using the field gas, the gas that's coming out of the, the uh, ground with the oil and the water. We have engineering designed systems that can use that gas to capture straight it straight as a stream. We capture it, no treating whatsoever. We take it just as it is coming out of the ground and we utilize it. Um, the other thing that um, we're seeing from an alternative fuel standpoint is the use of CNG and LNG and being able to adapt systems and engineer systems that can utilize CNG and LNG. And the, the, the challenge with all three of these is the ability to use this fuel exactly like diesel fuel, where it's, it's uh, easily, it's readily acceptable, um, uh, and it just kind of flows so it's not very cumbersome to utilize that fuel. It's taken a number of years to get us to that point. So our business is focused on designing solutions to make it easy to utilize alternative fuel. So that's that's... Well, David, though, it's interesting because you're looking at it from how to use it to benefit the operator. But I also want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the environment as well. Tell me a little bit about when you're out at the rig sites, um, there's certain fuels that have to be taken into consideration because there can be hazards if they're highly flammable. Mm -hmm. 
And not to mention that natural gas, uh, LNG, um, and uh, CNG, they are just better fuels. And so when when you see a company taking uh, those type of, of fuels versus the diesel, who may not may not burn so clean, but still it truly is a great fuel because it's not highly flammable. These things really do have one, a safety factor attached to them, and then of course the cleaner burning for the environment. So tell me a little bit about what you think, uh, how you guys are working with these alternative fuels to benefit the environment. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, um, uh, the systems are engineered to safely operate these types of fuels. Um, and uh, uh, just as, you know, diesel, uh, natural gas in the CNG form or LNG form or field gas, uh, whether it's coming straight out of the ground, uh, these are all safe fuel alternatives. And their safety is built within the, the products to make sure that uh, uh, that you don't have any issues. You know, um, there's a lot of environmental impact that you don't readily think about with uh, using diesel fuel. Number one, you have to transport it. So you have trucks on the road. Uh, you're increasing traffic on the highway. Uh, the other thing that you have to think about with diesel fuel is we have to control to make sure we don't spill it. Right. True. So if you have a release with CNG or field gas, the, 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 it just goes into the environment. There is no cleanup. Uh, and these systems have safety uh, built around it, so you don't have to worry about any type of relief being a safety impact. So from an environmental standpoint, whenever we can utilize these alternative fuels, especially field gas that's readily available right there at the pad, you, you have a big impact to the environment. No spills. Uh, you get trucks off the road, uh, and uh, it's even it's more cost effective. A lot of people, I think, the perception is because it's oil and gas. Um, you know, especially people who tend to lean more towards this is a, a a negative to the community, even though we all use it every day, and you have to to sustain, quite frankly, just life itself. But the energy industry is truly converting and using and taking advantage of a lot of different types of great alternative fuels, like you said, um, in really becoming more energy efficient as well as cost effective. But David, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. 
lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickert, who is head of oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. And David, before the break, we were talking about alternative fuels. And now I want to drill down just a little bit and talk about the technology that Agreco has that actually allows you guys to use the field gas, if you will, that uh, instead of basically using diesel, you guys are using actual gas coming straight out from the field. Tell me what you guys are doing and how is that benefiting the oil and gas sector? Right. So we've we've developed over the last couple of years, we've developed a number of technologies um, that uh, allows us to uh, reliably utilize field gas. And one of the one of the technologies that uh, we've developed is utilization of field gas with high BTU. Um, and uh, normally, uh, a BTU range of 900 to 1300 BTUs of the gas that that comes out of the ground is is usable. Anything higher than that, and you begin to have to you have to derate the engines that you operate, and it could uh, the gas is so hot it uh, deteriorates the engine and causes reliability issues. So. Um, Normally, in areas of the production field that have these high BTU gases, um, the producers have opted not to utilize the gas for power generation, uh, and they flare it um, because the treatment of that gas is relatively expensive. Um, So what we've been able to do is design a technology that will take the gas and it reduces the BTU content of that gas on site. Uh, it's very cost effective, and it allows us to utilize uh, a more environmentally friendly type of fuel uh, reliably. So the producer gets the same amount of power that they need. They get it with the same reliability, if not better, than diesel. Uh, and we're utilizing the gas so you don't have to flare it, and you don't have to use expensive diesel fuel. So they're saving money, but, and that's awesome, especially right now that things are so tight in a profit margin for them. But, you know, when we, when a lot of the shell plays started, you would see flaring as you drove through Eagle Ford primarily, uh, or the Bakken, or there was just so much flaring going on. It caught a lot of negative media attention. And you just don't really see that anymore. It almost seems as though there's very, very little flaring that actually goes on, especially, um, you know, I am from San Antonio, as you're aware, and we have a home in Corpus Christi. And so we drive through there a lot. Today, literally, we may see one. Um, And so this practice has definitely caught on. Now, is this something proprietary to Agreco? It is. It's patent pending. Um, we've um, we've begun well, to good job. Yeah, no, no, good job. Yeah, thank Kudos. you. We've we've begun to use um, that uh, here in North America, uh, as well as down in Mexico and South America. So uh, it's a very specialized application, mm-hmm. and the conditions have to be right for it to be utilized. Uh, but when the conditions are right, and you have that high BTU type gas, uh, the system works exceptionally well. 
it's so understated, David, how companies are meeting the challenges that the energy sector are experiencing. And it's these third-party companies, a lot of them, uh, they're not necessarily the big operators or the big service companies. They're uh, a, an independent service company that is coming up with ideas to meet a need that is they're seeing, a problem. And any time that you can find a company, rather it's a Greco or any other company that is really looking at how do I uh, save and save them money uh, with and create efficiency, but most importantly, take into consideration always the environment and right. the impact. And you don't, you do see it coming on a lot more now with companies. And I think that's important to point out that Agreco is one of those companies that is truly leading the way for the energy industry to be way more energy efficient, um, as well as, of course, uh, considering the environment. Right. So it's a win. It, it is a win. And, and one of the you know, we have our salespeople out in the in the industry, and and they're going and they're talking with customers uh, about uh, their needs coming up around power to support artificial lift and other areas. But one of the things that 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 these folks do is really ask a lot of questions around the challenges that these producers are facing because. We are trying to be as innovative as we possibly can to help the industry. Um, and it's all around efficiency, helping the environment, reliability, uh, and then scalability. Uh, so we're constantly asking questions to producers of, you know, around the power. What are the challenges you're facing? And if you could eliminate this particular challenge within the area, what does it mean to mean to you? And then we go to work and we go to looking at uh, through our engineering group and we start designing things like uh, this uh, BTU reduction skid that we have now. And uh, uh, these things happen very quickly. So as we start hearing about challenges, we go to work, we put engineering in place, and we come back with solutions. Excellent. David, on that note, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, my good friends over there at Oilfield Experts has been buying and selling sand for years. Go ahead and give Clint a call at 210-471-1923. Again, that number is 210-471-1923. You might not know that you actually have money sitting on the ground. So if you have sand, go ahead and give our friends at Oilfield Experts a call at 210-471-1923. And don't forget, if you're in the business to buy sand, go ahead and give Clint a call. He gives very competitive prices. Once again, that number is 210-471-1923, 210-471-1923, and tell them that Kim sent you. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join 
Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Welcome back to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, uh, before the break, we were discussing how you guys have created a patent-pending type of technology that really is starting to minimize uh, flaring uh, that we are used to seeing in the past couple of years with operators. Uh, but between the break, you and I got to speaking about the great environment in which Agreco really values their employees and the type of employees that you guys have on your team to come up with solutions for these challenges that, that even the EMPs, the uh, operators, are, are struggling with. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what is a, a Greco? If you come into an operator, what do you guys pride yourself on in your team of being right. able to come up with a solution? So we... Uh we operate, we like to say we operate in a continuous learning environment all the time. And uh, the way our organization is set up is we're sector focused. So we have um, technicians and operations managers and salespeople and engineers all focused within a particular sector. So like myself, um, all we deal with is upstream oil and gas, so we can become experts within upstream oil and gas. Um, so uh, from a technician standpoint, when our technicians step on the site in the field with a producer, um, they're basically just an extension of that producer's existing folks because we understand the industry from their perspective. So when we're having conversations with the producer on the site it looks very similar to what type of internal conversations they're having we know the same type of challenges they face they know we know what they're trying to mitigate we know the efficiencies they're trying to gain and more importantly we align with their safety protocol so when our technicians step on site uh, it's almost a mirrored image of of the way that producer operates same way with our sales organization. When our sales organization walks in and sits down and starts talking with a producer or a client, we're not really trying to say, um, these are the products we have, would you like one? We're more talking about their business and we're more aligning to you know, what their future looks like and, 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 and what they're trying to accomplish. And then we begin to engineer on the backside of that from a power generation standpoint. Uh, process enhancement standpoint uh, then we begin to go to work and uh, we're just an extension of their organization right our engineering group works the same way our engineering group will collaborate with the producers engineers and together as a team they come up with solutions uh, so um, we try to understand the industry uh, just like our clients do, we 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 uh, we try to understand the business protocols of our clients, just like they do, and really we just simply work as an extension of their business as we try to solve challenges. Give me an example of how you were able to. I don't want to necessarily mention an operator's mm-hmm. name, but tell me how you were able to 
come in and customize something that really worked for right. them that in which you utilize the best technology you guys right. have to offer. So we're going to talk about in another segment that's going to come up, we're going to speak on microgrids. And um, I'll give you an example. We, we, um, we had a producer, and, and we're basically just riding through a field um, one day. Our sales folks are out riding through a field, and they see all these diesel generators lined up on production pads. So we go in, and, and uh, the sales folks start inquiring about, why are you doing this? What's going on? And, and they had a bit of a, um, uh, a limitation on the utility grid that was built out in the area. Because this producer was continuing to build out production platforms, they had um, a drop in voltage, and they had intermittent outages within this utility line. Yeah, they were taxing that. Exactly. Utility. So uh, the field management was like, well, we need to go on generators. So they put some diesel generators out. They, they disconnected from the utility to limit the burden, and they started operating. So we sat down with them, and we started trying to understand why were they doing it this way. We were just trying to understand what the uh, the reasoning was, and the reality of it is, is um, uh, they were focused on production, not necessarily power. And when we were able and to, or efficiency and or efficiency, so when we were able to get involved with them, we were able to to collaborate with them and and show them a couple of different ways that they could uh, accomplish the same task more efficiently and uh, as, as a better impact to their, to their overall operation. So what we did is we found a location and that, that was producing a, a good amount of field gas. And where the utility line was, we basically uh, disconnected the fuses, put a, a small grid of power generators, pulled the gas straight off of the well site, and uh, put them a, a two megawatt system in place and removed all the diesel generators that had on individual sites where they're having to deliver diesel fuel two or three times a day. Wow. And yeah. uh, so you get rid of all that. You get one central power station. You're operating on field gas. Uh, and uh, away we go. Efficiency right there. That's interesting because going back to the old beginning of the uh, shale patches, if you will, and you saw a lot of flaring and you saw a whole lot of generators everywhere. <laughs> and so I guess as uh, Agreco is coming on and, and customizing work that fits the need of each and every operator or midstreamer, um, it's definitely they're taking advantage of the efficiency as well as not to mention the, of course, the, the cost savings of and of course, uh, limiting the, the generators, which would be burning the diesel fuel. And so the emissions are definitely you're saving on that as well. Right. So good job. Well, we do have to take a quick break, David. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, we've talked a lot about alternative fuels that the energy industry is using. And through the show, I have to say that what I've picked up is that Agreco is definitely going to be 
there, you're going to make some some game changing type moves here. So I'm very curious, what is in the future for Greco pertaining to oil and gas? Well, uh, there's a number of things that that we're working on, um, and uh, I think one of the things that I can talk about now is. So what happens when natural gas is not available on a production pad? What happens when um, we need uh, generators operating on a production pad to uh, operate artificial lift stations, and that particular pad's not producing enough gas to run the generators? Uh, What do you do today instead of using diesel fuel? So one of the things that um, uh, it's on the horizon and it's beginning to get more and more prevalent uh, is utilizing natural gas in a transportable state. Um, And uh, there's uh, a lot of really good companies out there today that is supplying CNG and LNG. Um, Agreco is partnering with uh, with these companies and uh, we're, uh, we're making that fuel mobile for the client, and we're wrapping uh, it all under one package. So uh, picture, if you will, if there's no overhead utility grid in your production area, right. and you've got all these individual generators uh, set up within a region, and maybe they're all burning got, diesel. They're all burning diesel. Maybe you've got 20, 25 of these generators out burning diesel, Picture being able to operate these generators, ideally just the way you're operating today, to where you're taking and, and making fuel drops at each one of these stations. But instead of using diesel fuel, you're using CNG or LNG, um, a safer fuel, uh, safer for the environment. Uh, it's more efficient for the producer. It comes at a lesser cost. It's highly reliable. Uh, so we're beginning to see that form out and grow uh, a lot larger than it, than it ever has. You know, there's an amazingly huge push for the awareness uh, to the community on the benefits of natural gas. And, and we see it with municipalities changing their uh, big public bus systems into natural gas. Um, there's been a lot of changes that have been occurring because I think everyone is figuring out that right now natural gas is very, very cheap. But it's also such a great benefit because it burns cleaner than any other fuel out there. And so it's a great alternative to the traditional. And it's kind of strange to see, would you not agree? It's kind of strange to see that oil and gas are actually utilizing these alternative fuels, if you will, clean energy. They're producing it. It's coming out. They're capturing it, reutilizing it repurposing it, if you will. Agreco is one of them that's doing that for the energy sector and utilizing and powering up these um, sites. It's amazing to see the transformation in just a couple of years uh, right. of how it's evolving right. so quickly to just be more right. uh, beneficial to the environment. And I think there's a huge push, too. I don't know if you've seen this, but I think there's a huge push, too, for really these operators to, they're very mindful of the environment Mm -hmm. and they're very uh, sensitive to how they operate these days. And they want to do business with companies like Agreco that are investing and saying, we're here to find a solution to take care of not just your needs, but also keeping in mind consistently the community and of course the environment. And how can we do these things safer, better, 
energy efficient and protect the community right. and the uh, environment as well. Right. And, you know, with this with this transport of CNG and LNG, um, um, today it's economical on a large scale, right? So if you need uh, truckloads of CNG at a drilling site or you have a, uh, a site that you have a lot of demand from a power standpoint, uh, that's easy, right? So you bring in these big 40-foot trailers right. of CNG and LNG. What I'm talking about is taking that same efficiency to a smaller scale. So you have um, a lot smaller uh, usable source uh, that you don't need these big, large CNG trailers. You know, how do you replicate the use of that CNG, LNG, that natural gas on a small scale? And I think that's that's where we're going with it today. And it's it's going to look, and it is looking exactly like a, a, a diesel model, but it's natural gas. Right. I think everyone uh, plays a part in this uh, value chain. But companies, you know, when you see these rental places that have these these generators and they're just pushing them out and that to me kind of reminds me of it's still needed i guess to some degree and they're still being utilized but it also reminds me also if that's kind of old school there's a better solution and better alternatives out there for operators to be utilizing and while on the maybe on the front end it might run a little bit Mm -hmm. more the cost savings on the long end right way different well you have to look at the big picture Right. And um, there's a place for everything within this industry. Um, if you need to to rent a generator for power for a short period of time, um, that's then, then that's one thing. But if you're needing a solution on a larger scale, on a longer term scale, you have to look at the big picture. And, and that's an Agreco picture. Right. So <laughs> as you begin to look at the big picture, a lot of things come into play. And uh, I think that's where you get around the solution, using all these different technologies, scaling these different products together. And it's really where you collaborate with the client and with the vendor to come up with the right long-term solution. And, and I think solution's a good word for it. I mean, you're, you're after a solution, not a temporary fix. Well, I have to tell you um, at the end of this show how really excited I am to see the industry itself is evolving so quickly. Um, but it's doing it in the right ways. Uh, it's a commodity that we just can't be without, and yet they're finding the most efficient ways and green ways to do these uh, to to do their work. And 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 it's it's everybody getting involved in it, including a great company like Agreco. But David, that is all the time we have for today. Look forward to having you on next week in studio again when we get to talk about microgrids. That's awesome. Thank you very much, and can't wait. And that's all the time we have. But be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show. Or follow us on Twitter at Shell Mag. If you are interested in keeping up with in the oil patch radio show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Dot com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. That is going to wrap up another great show. 
We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.